Hello and welcome to the One Thing Podcast, where we all get to usher in the new age of humanity, which we're calling Homo Spiritus, by practicing dancing with the one thing that individuals, communities, and countries have yet to try and mass. And that one thing is a connection to our higher self, the higher uh, anatomy part of ourselves that people call by various different names so please use whatever name makes you feel like this um, this source of all life is both personal and universal it needs to be both and our prime directive as a human being above all else is to make and constantly return to this one thing connection day in and day out as our first step, very first step in dealing with life problems rather than viewing life problems as things that we can solve separately or disconnected from the one thing connection. And in this episode, we're going to offer some valuable clarity about conspiracy theories that, um, you know, that we, we tend to end up looking at through the lens of the one thing or disconnected from the one thing. So let's go. Okay. I'm really excited about this episode because in the course of my lifetime, I have never seen conspiracies as widely talked about and as, uh, as kind of controversial on virtually every aspect of society. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in the past, I could get away with with kind of pretty much ignoring conspiracy theories unless they really jumped out at me as as interesting. And now I, I can't get away from them day, day after day after day. And so I'm excited for us to do this episode because conspiracy theories uh, can, can be seductive or repulsive. Uh, you know, they can either stir the pot of truth or they can stir the pot of paranoia and you and I, I think, have some cool things, valuable things, I, I believe, to share about developing a useful relationship with this whole area of what get, gets called conspiracy theories. And of course, as we like to do when we're talking about topics that have multiple definitions, we like to start with some definitions. Exactly. So take it away. Yeah, so we'll just define each of the words conspiracy in theory and then conspiracy theory. Um, and I, I want to also just front load this that we're not really going to be talking about specific conspiracy theories and we're not going to be telling you which conspiracy theories we think are true or not true because we don't know what we're going to be doing is pointing you in a direction or pointing you into an internal way for you to actually discover the truth for yourself. So conspiracy that, theory education <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so the let's define first the word conspiracy so this is straight out of the dictionary and so the definition of, of conspiracy is a secret plan by a group to do something unlawful or harmful and synonyms to conspiracy might be words like plot plan machination cabal deception ploy trick ruse collusion or treason right and the word theory the dictionary definition of the word theory is a supposition or system of ideas 
that are intended to explain something, a set of principles on which the practice of an activity is based, an idea used to account for a situation or justify a course of action, um, or and theory is also used to describe what is supposed to happen or supposed to be possible, at least from that supposition uh, or system of ideas that's that's being used to, to attempt to explain something. Right. And so our, our, uh, we're going to define conspiracy theory now, bringing those two words together. The the so this is the uh, definition of conspiracy theory. It's the theory that an event or phenomenon occurs as a result of a conspiracy between interested parties, a belief that some covert but influential agency, typically political in motivation and oppressive in intent, is responsible for an unexplained event. Right. And agency may or may not mean like a federal agency. It's sure. an, inf an influential agent, right? Uh, or group. Right. And not, not agent-like spy. <laughs> right. 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 Agent as in one who has agency. <laughs> yes, an operator. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, and so what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to kick this off by tying this in with something that we've talked about in a number of prior episodes, having to do with individual and collective projection. So what projection is is where there is something about me, whether it's something I judge to be negative or something I judge to be positive about me, um, but I haven't owned it in myself. And instead I hurl it out onto other people or onto the world. And I see those negative or positive traits out there, but not in myself. So that's essentially what projection is. And projection because of that, by definition, is a symptom of being disconnected internally. Because if I'm disowning something about myself, and I'm seeing it out in the world, and then thinking, okay, uh, there's something wrong in the world, and I, I have to change the outer world in order for me to be okay, I've really missed the forest for the trees. Because with projection, this is a part of me that needs attention. And no amount of attempting to change the outer world is going to fix that problem because it's an inner problem. So we have spoken about that before and about how this throws individuals, countries, and world events into disarray. Uh, and so there's there are conspiracy theories that are out there. And we're going to unpack kind of separating the wheat from the chaff. Again, like Lori said, not not in terms of specific conspiracy theories, but in terms of understanding um, the, the variations on that, on conspiracy theory. And that'll become clearer in a moment. Um, but that if we have a, uh, a just a, a, a magnetic attraction to any latest conspiracy theory that comes out, and we just uh, latch onto it, lock, stock, and barrel. Or if we take the opposite um, extreme perspective that says there are no conspiracies out there at all. <laughs> all of that's disowned projection because that means that we're we're basically saying that we don't know how to discern the truth from from, from falsehood about ourselves 
internally. Yeah, yeah. And another thing about projection is that the fact that we hurl what we can't see in ourselves outwardly, or we get triggered by something outwardly, doesn't make us bad or wrong or broken. It's, it's, it's simply a message of intelligence. Hey, there's something here to look at. Um, and that message gets louder and louder and, and more and more dramatic <laughs> if, we, if we just choose not to, to notice or to you know, heed the call, so to speak. I'm really and, glad you added that because projection is human. Yeah. And, and there, there's nothing to fix there. The only thing, that, the thing that you're underlining that I want to add my voice yeah. to is that with projection, really what separates the, the men from the boys and the women from the girls is the willingness to look at the projection, to own it, to get the gold from that to spot projection when we're doing projection it's not about oh we're a better person when we never do any projection it's about using projection as a learning tool about ourselves or not yeah and uh, and to bring the aspects of ourselves that are are you know the part of us that the fe ruffle the feathers get ruffled <laughs> to a, a point of healing, you know, I call it healing to wholeness or bringing that energy to rest. So um, one of the ways that conspiracy theories and, you know, we could even just set aside conspiracy theories and, and talk about nutrition. <laughs> I've been in the, in the, what's that? I, oh, I'm just imagining our, our, our listeners going, well, there's a leap. <laughs> right. I, but here's here's the uh, analogy is that there's so much information on out on nutrition that it causes confusion and opaqueness. And I hear this all the time. I've been hearing it for 35 years. It causes uncertainty and fear and a search for the right way to eat and the right diet and all, all of those things. And so, you know, nobody would call nutrition a conspiracy theory, but conspiracy theories when they're um you know when they're operating purposefully they do tend to make they they cause an opaqueness they cause a sense of uncertainty they cause a sense of confusion and fear and a search this this is what happens on the inside is then we want to search for a hidden outer enemy instead of fixing the inner problem which david already alluded to and here's the whole point of all of that if, if you're feeling opaque about any given topic and you're not sure if it's a conspiracy theory or you and opaque by the way means hidden hidden yeah or uncertain or it's confusing you there's not clarity or you feel anxious or, or fearful about it or you feel like you want to lash outward rather than going inward to where the energy the only place the energy can be tended um this is a sign that more likely than not one is disconnected from the source of life because in the connection of the source of life yes we can observe things happening and maybe even it triggers us but right away we have ca the capacity to tend to that energy from the inside out and then while things are still happening on the outside we don't need to hurl energy we don't need to project we don't need to make an enemy outside of ourselves to fight which is happening all over the world right now in you know individually and collectively and you know in countries and all of that so it's um you know this may sound sound fantastical but 
honestly, it's imperative that we understand how this works and we take responsibility for doing our part of the, the work so that, that, that more and more can have access to it so there's less and less projection and conspiracy necessary. Yeah, absolutely. And this also ties into the, the issue of, or the matter of self-sovereignty, uh, because what we've found is that there's a pretty widespread tendency to, uh, to put our own self-sovereignty in the hands of, of external people, situations, authorities, uh, to give away our power. Uh, and, uh, and the way that shows up in the context of self-sovereignty is, I'll be okay when, and then fill in the blank with some external change that needs to happen in order for me to be okay, in order for me to be authentic or in my power or however one wants to put that. And the thing that we really want to impress, and we'll tie this in with conspiracy theory as we keep building these building blocks around understanding the notion and the nature of conspiracy theories and of things that aren't conspiracy theories that get labeled conspiracy theories, is that self-sovereignty connected with the one that with higher love higher wisdom no matter what the external circumstance happens to be and when i and it's not an if it's a when when i in my humanness lose that connection when i when i in my humanness lose my my internal state of lovingness and connectedness and peace and well-being uh, because i am telling myself that an external situation has to change before I can be okay again, that that's a, a wake up call that's telling me, oh, I'm disconnected from the one thing. And the first thing to do, of course, in those situations is for me to, to reconnect with the one thing before I proceed any further. That's the heart of self-sovereignty. And in the face of opacity, opaqueness, hiddenness, and in the face of of the never ending barrage that we've been in and will continue to be in as far as we know for some period of time to come, this, this chronic uncertainty, instead of going into fear that buys into an external locus of control, as we say in psychology, meaning that the world is the boss of me, um, that has, you know, the, the, that, that whole notion that, uh, that externals are the boss of us, and even if there's truth to that, if it's not the full or larger truth, the, the, the idea here is to go within first to reconnect with source, because even if an external situation is limiting my range of choices, external situations never, ever limit the perspective that I can have about my limited range of choices. I'm always responsible for my perspective, even when I didn't invent the circumstances that I find myself in. Right, right. It's important. So there's something to just be aware of. And that is, you know, we, 
we all hold beliefs based on what we've gathered up until this point in our life, cultural, familial beliefs we've come in with in our DNA, what we re you know read in books and see on the news and all of that. that. And if we, if we cultivate a belief because it's the same idea over a period of time, then what can tend to happen when we hear about a conspiracy theory or we're reading about it or you know just investigating there's like an instantaneous collapse in our mind between the the belief that has been um you know coming coming to fruition in our in ourselves or maybe is already very solid and the outer conspiracy and it's like the, the mind says aha there's the evidence i was looking for i knew it was true and you know, or I, it could be the other way around. I knew that wasn't, I knew, I know that's not true or, you know, however, and anything in between. But here's the point about our beliefs is that our beliefs are almost always, they're not the higher truth, the, the larger truth, you know, the, the cleaner truth, if you will. And I have personally learned that I can only have access to that higher truth, that cleaner truth when I'm connected to the one thing, because that's the feed of truth in the first place. And there, there sometimes can be quite a difference between what I believe and what is really true. And so this is a way to, to just stay in your center and, um, and question. And we'll talk about some of this stuff, but instead of just automatically going down the rabbit hole and you know and assuming that your belief is correct just take a take a minute take a breath you know connect and and just investigate a little bit more mm -hmm. i'm a real fan of being what was uh identified to me decades and decades ago as being an open skeptic so i'm inherently skeptical i don't believe anything at face value even if I, uh, even if it matches my preconceptions, um, I, I am skeptical and I am open. So I am absolutely uh, teachable, teachable. Right. So that's, yeah. it's that open skepticism that I think is, uh, is, is really the sweet spot that opens me up to asking myself, what would this situation look like or how would i understand this situation or make sense of this situation through the eyes of love through the eyes of of higher wisdom rather than through the eyes of fear and and paranoia and uh, they're out to get me and all of that kind of stuff so this brings us to the twisted nature of conspiracy theories uh you know there there are some things that are labeled as conspiracy that actually aren't. They're really happening, but in covert enough ways that most people don't see them. And what, what Lori and I are trying to get at with that is that they're hiding in plain sight. A little more, uh, a little more investigation, a little bit more research on the internet, and you'll you'll uh, with some of these situations, you'll find out, oh, yeah, this has been known and established for a long time, but because it's not commonly understood or commonly talked about or commonly embraced, then when somebody brings it up, it must be a conspiracy theory. Well, you know, some things aren't. They're, they're actually happening. Um, 
so that's that's one of the things we want to impart about how the whole labeling of conspiracy theories gets really twisted. Yeah, yeah, and this is where it becomes important to be discerning and to and to practice um, this this idea of being discerning when it comes to conspiracy. Well, for everything, but this topic is conspiracy theories. Is that like what David just said? If it's if it's if something is labeled as a conspiracy theory, um, and but there's facts hiding in plain sight. Um, or there's conjecture about the, the conspiracy theory masquerading as fact. So it, it, it's, it can be one or the other side of the coin. And so it's important to do your due diligence as you would for anything and, and just do a little more digging so you can understand, is this something that's really happening? Or is this something that is masquerading as fact? And it, it you don't have to dig that far down, you know, in down layers wise to to realize, okay, this is there's nothing holding this up, so it's something masquerading as fact. Or, oh my gosh, I've just opened a can of worms, and there's so much here, I don't even know if I'll have time to go through it all. Right, and to make this even more uh, bizarre in my opinion, just look at the Wikipedia definition of conspiracy theories, because that definition uh, that I'm going to go over with you in a moment, it, it, it actually, um, it, it reinforces the denial that there are things happening outside of commonly known awareness uh, you know, it deflects covert happenings. So here's here's the Wikipedia definition of conspiracy theories. A conspiracy theory is an explanation for an event or situation that invokes a conspiracy by sinister or powerful groups, often political in motivation, where other explanations are more probable than the conspiracy. And what we want to impart is that this does happen, but so does the other side of the coin. In other words, there are times when somebody is peddling a conspiracy theory that on deeper investigation is, is, is just way off the mark. It's, it's, it's wacko in the extreme, in the, if it's in the extreme, but it's at least way off the mark. The opposite is true, too, that some things are labeled conspiracy theories that aren't conspiracies, nor are they theories. They are well-established and just not widely known. So that's going to lead us into what Lori is going to share with you about, I think, a wonderful way of, of inquiring about conspiracies or things that are labeled conspiracies. She's going to go over a spectrum of different variations on quote unquote conspiracies that we hope is going to help you become more discerning about what's yeah. what. Yeah. So, so, I mean, we, it isn't a spectrum. It's, it's thinking about conspiracy theories along a spectrum because yeah. that's probably, it's not black or white. There's not, it's, you know, if we're considering a, 
a possible conspiracy theory. It's not all or nothing and vice versa, right? Mm -hmm. So so there's this yep. idea of a spectrum, which is, is there's a little more fluidity to it. So covert things um happening that so this is a this is on the one end the farthest end right things that are happening kind of covertly that we're made to believe if if there's any questioning of it or or just just inquiry you know not it doesn't even have to be i mean when we when we say the word questioning it's like oh we're you know we're uh what's the word when we um you know it causes the other side to be defensive um it doesn't matter anyway. I don't know what word you're looking for. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. It's an inquiry. It's reasonable to have inquiries about things that may be happening. Accusations? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, that's that's right. That's the word. Yeah. yeah. So if we're if we're questioning and it's accusatory, then you know, that's not going to be the same thing as this, as if we're just trying to understand what may or may not be happening. But when we're made to feel crazy, when we're when we're made out to be crazy if we think they're happening and they may or may not be but if they are and we're made to be crazy well that's the farthest end of the spectrum right oh, at there's, one end of the spectrum yeah farthest end of the spectrum so there's there's like a hidden mixed agenda and well now okay so that's one end of the spectrum then let's go to the middle part of the spectrum there's a hidden mixed agenda where maybe what's happening is partly for the higher or the common good but partly not. So maybe there's other interests involved that are are sort of covering themselves up and making it look like they're, what's happening is for the higher good. That's, let's say, the middle part of the spectrum. And then on the other end of the spectrum is, you know, whatever they're, whatever's happening, whatever's going on is, is on the up and up. They're doing what they're saying they're doing. Uh, this could be an individual, a small group, a, a political party, an agency, any, you know, any of the ways that we already referenced um and but then there's people who project their sinister projections on it anyway just because they can't believe that's actually really going on that way right and then there's everything in between so we're just trying to give these three sort of like um uh touch points where you can discover for yourself well is this a mixed bag is this really bad and it's being made out to not be bad and we're being made crazy for even wondering what is going on there and the uh, and the furthest other end of the spectrum is it's you know it's really there's nothing to see here <laughs> you know even though people will want to make it out to be um to be a, something going on yeah so this is why it's really important for us to maintain our connection continue to teach ourselves how to discern and and stay clean before we make any big leaps about any su supposed conspiracy theory because if we don't we'll think that everything is a problem and nobody wants to live that way right absolutely and you know the needle has moved over the last oh 50 75 years uh, from people more people than not believing things were on the up and up to more people than not thinking that things are pretty mur uh, murky uh so what i mean by that is uh is that the 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 generation before the baby boomers they were called the greatest generation they were the ones that came of age during world war ii by and large that generation had a lot of faith 
in their institutions, in, in their government, in their leaders. Uh, they, they may not have agreed with their leaders at all times. Many of them didn't, but they, they by and large, believed that their leaders were well-intended and really trying to act on behalf of what was best for the country. And starting in the 1960s, as the baby boomers started coming of age, that started to shift where, you know, in the, uh, in the 1960s, the, the motto was, uh, uh, you can't trust anyone in the establishment. That was the term. The establishment was yeah. anyone who was over 30 years old <laughs> was the establishment. And, um, and as, as that generation, which is Lori's and my generation, the baby boomer generation, um, we, our generation kind of kicked off a, a shift away from what in psychology or socio social psychology is called the just world theory, where the world is a fair place and a just place and good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people, to uh, an increasingly pessimistic perspective. So we went from, uh, from an, perhaps an overly optimistic perspective to a, uh, a, the kind of the opposite. So uh, now there, it's much more common for people to believe that businesses place profits over people. And Lord knows there are plenty that do. But what doesn't make the headlines is all of those businesses that aren't doing that, right? So um, uh, they, what, what we've shifted from was, in my parents' generation, a belief in the just world theory. The world is a fair place and leaders are out to support us. Uh, or to do the right thing, even if we disagree with how they're doing that, their, their hearts are in the right place, to an unjust world theory where everyone in, in power, everyone in a leadership role is by definition corrupt and untrustworthy and out to get us and uh, controlled by special interests. And of course, there are some people that are that way. But what I'm trying to illuminate is this shift in the overall mindset from, uh, from, uh, from maybe too uh, naively optimistic to too cynically pessimistic. Mm -hmm. And many are trapped in that just world shipped ship, the, the ship that says it's a just world mm -hmm. that's already sailed. And many are trapped in the opposite in feeling uh, in seeing an unjust world all the time. Mm -hmm. And those extremes are part of what make us either impervious to considering things as uh, that are labeled as conspiracy theories that aren't really conspiracies. And uh, at the other side, dismissing everything that's labeled as a conspiracy theory uh, so uh, this is part of what we really want to illuminate about uh, about how murky the whole conspiracy theory mindset has become. Yeah, and you know, it just made me think. Um, I I really think that this is just one of many elements happening in the collective while we're alive at this point that is trying to get our attention for each of us to come back to center, because a a citizenry that is at center more than not uh doesn't tolerate certain things 
right? We don't tolerate behave, certain behaviors. We don't tolerate um, conspiracy theories that are, or, or actual happenings that are not serving, right? Um, but the problem is, is that we don't have yet a critical mass of those who are, who are operating from a center and in connection to the one thing, which is why we say it's the thing that we haven't tried yet in mass, right? That's, that's our opening line for since the beginning of this podcast. So I don't know, I just think that's something really important to, uh, that is what motivates me to stay in my center and do the discernment and, you know, consider that just because there's a possible plot of some sort, that it doesn't necessarily mean that my narrative about it, about these things, or how widespread it is, or who's involved is accurate. It might be, but it might not be. This is the, the you know, the discovery thing that we referenced earlier. You know, if we're not discerning, again, if we're not discerning, and we don't go inside and don't, and we don't have a practice for hearing, knowing, sensing a higher truth, um, you, you know, then we, we end up making poor choices in and around what we think is happening. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so one of the things that we want to propose is contemplating the question, what if all of this, this explosion of attention to conspiracy theories and dismissal of of actual things as though they're conspiracies what if this explosion of all of this confusion is actually happening as a wake-up call as a gift to humanity in order to activate us individually and collectively into greater empowerment higher expression greater discernment and awakened responsibility what if we just shift our perspective about the conspiracy world uh, in the direction of, uh, of treating it as, as that kind of wake-up call to step up our, our higher capacity to view these various kinds of situations. Right. Beautiful. And, you know, the, the lower human mind would say, oh, no, no, I can't possibly take my foot off the gas. I can't, I can't, you know, um, I can't do that because then who's going to make sure the the, the sky doesn't fall, <laughs> you know? But actually, um, what David was saying about a, a greater empowerment and a higher expression and an, and, a, and a next level awakened responsibility, out of all of those places that we would come from are solutions that we don't have access to when we're hunkering down around being right about a possible conspiracy theory it doesn't there's nothing serving there for us even if we are right about it we don't have access to solutions we don't have access to gathering with others who have, who have already realized i want to i want to come from my greatest empowerment connected to the one thing and i want to have a, a different expression regarding this particular topic whatever the conspiracy theory topic is. So I believe that what the result would be if we did that is that we would pay attention to possible things that may be a a real conspiracy, but instead of going down the quicksand, going into quicksand about it, that that whole thing disappears. There's no more quicksand around, around conspiracy theories. And then we have the ability to sort of tease out the truth as we've said, before and to unmask the happenings of the so-called conspiracy theory and then deal with deal with what is 
what is right about that and then also deal with real conspiracies real things that are happening in ways that we can enhance them you know assuming we're all in agreement that it's for the betterment of all that's the other thing that people get wigged out about with with this with well who's going to be right and who's going to determine what's the betterment of all well if more people than not are connected to the one thing there's a more of a there's more of a consensus i think is probably the best word and that you know that that's vital that's vital for us moving forward as a humanity so um well let me just see what else i wanted to say about that yeah if we're in our center this is the last thing i'll say about it if we're truly expressing from a place of evolved empowerment and it doesn't have to be every single person on the planet you know just just some critical mass um then conspiracy theories hovering over us and being the boss of us vanishes exactly and that's that to Lori and me is one of the big keys to developing a more useful relationship with with the conspiracy du jour <laughs> the conspiracy of the day whether it's a it, it, whether it really is a conspiracy theory or whether it really is uh true or whether it really is um uh disinformation and and propaganda uh so the the punchline for us around developing a more useful relationship with being in a world right now that is so um, infested with conversations about conspiracies is that conspiracies are not the number one problem. Right. Separation from source is the number one problem. Solving outer conspiracies, uh, discerning what is and what isn't, then figuring out what to do about whatever you discover solving those outer situations and conspiracies starts with repairing inner connection and that is the heart of the one thing yeah that's gorgeous that is i mean if we said nothing else ever that would be it <laughs> yeah. yeah but we know we have to say these things i mean just from my own learning from david's learning i think is fair to say from people that we both you know teach and guide we have to hear these things over and over and from in slightly different ways until finally we go oh right that's of course it's that's it <laughs> i knew that how do I, how come i forgot <laughs> yeah why did it take me so long anyway we'd like to leave you with just a few a couple of takeaways if you will um little practices that you can begin building this muscle on and the first is that this idea of self-sovereignty self-sovereignty again as a reminder is the who we are when we're connected to our higher self to the presence of life because there's a feed from that that we cannot get from the world and that feed is really good <laughs> it carries solutions and answers to questions and you know uh you know, solutions to problems and like that. It is a hourly and daily practice. It's, it's not something we just check in with every once in a while or flip a switch for and it feels good for a minute and then we're gone again or we're collapsed away from it. And, you know, that is the, if, if all everyone ever did on this planet was tend this piece, we could change 
our planet in less than a month. So <laughs> just know that that's how important it is. And, and it's why we incessantly speak of it, right? Because, um, yeah, we're, we're, we're just without which we make too many mistakes. I don't know what, what that means. Oh, oh, yeah. without, yeah, without our connection, we're constantly making mistakes. We're constantly choosing not for our highest good or for the highest good of any collective that we're, you know, whether it's our family, our community, larger country that, you know, on and on it goes because everything we do affects the all, right? So um, we're inviting you and we're, um, you know, we're, we're giving you a, a golden invitation where uh, we're asking you and honestly, we're literally begging you <laughs> to, <laughs> to do this differently with yes. us. Yeah. So that's, that's the first takeaway. The second takeaway is it's perfectly okay to explore a possible conspiracy, but bring your higher self with you cross check with more than one source and with higher wisdom and, and then discern if you can, whether it's covert fact hiding in plain sight or conjecture masquerading as fact. I'm going to say that again, because that's a crucial distinction. There are certain things that are that are positioned by some people as conspiracy theories that are actually not conspiracy theories. They're actual facts. They're actually real. A little bit of research will show you that they're hiding in plain sight, um, but covertly highly high, hiding in plain sight and other things that are labeled as conspiracy theories are actually somebody, some individuals or groups conjectures, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, theories that are, that are being spoken about as though they are facts rather than conjectures. So <clears throat> if you're like me, I, I actually study conspiracy theories or things that are labeled conspiracies. I've gone down many, many, many rabbit holes. Some of them that I've gone down, I've ended up deciding they're utterly wacky. Some I've gone down and I've ended up deciding this is an agenda that's being pushed for an ideological um, motive having to do with control. And some rabbit holes I've gone down and I've gone, oh, yeah, this is real. It's hiding in plain sight and uh, and the powers that be don't want us to see what's actually there to be seen. So if you can't fully verify uh, a conspiracy that you feel called to explore, just hold it lightly as a possibility instead of using that conspiracy as justification for being self-righteous or getting angry or turning others into the enemy, that's called othering, turning others into the enemy, hold it lightly. Stay the open skeptic. Mm -hmm. The truth will out in time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, truth. So is that's the second takeaway. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say truth is a way more power, powerful energy than um, manipulation. So it, it you know, Yes, it's and peace is a far more powerful state than agitation. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And connection is a far more um, meaningful life than disconnection. Yes. So, and you know, it's okay when we're holding these uh, questions and these for ourselves, these inquiries about what, whether something is true or not, it's okay to not know instantly. It's, you know, the, the meaning of holding two, two opposing considerations with as much grace as you can is the very idea of not yet knowing and you'll know when you know and especially if you're in heartful inquiry about something right and if it's important for you to enough for you to know it will be important for you enough for you to hold the hold the, the uh, considerations until you until you find a, a real knowing inside now this is where you know uh, you, whatever you've practiced this far in, thus far in your life with your connection to the one thing there is a knowing and it's either visceral or it it's a, a feeling of lightness in your heart or your gut area we all have a different a slightly different way of of going oh that is truth i know that in the depth of my being and every cell of my body is is resonant with it right that's like a, an inner knowing and um that's not the same thing as well my sister's friend told me that so and so you know really investigated this and this is what they said <laughs> that's a bit a bit removed that's not yours you don't own that <laughs> so um yeah you, you you can always if you if you, if there's something that you're just not getting any resonance to you can just come back to it later but like david said it's better to not know until you know than it is to start churning up all this unserving energy that is toxic to you and everyone around you i mean this is the division we see in the world right now is in part based on this unwillingness to um to not other and to not make the and not to project onto another because we're uncomfortable with not knowing yet mm -hmm. spot on so those are our three takeaways for you from this we really hope that this way of talking about conspiracy theories uh, is giving you a, a frame of reference or, or a way of navigating the existence of these things in our world today in a, in a more useful manner. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, anything else you wanted to say? In, uh, no, comments? I just think, you know, when we do these podcasts, there's we have to be talk about discernment. We have to discern and distill uh, what what could be a six hour conversation, you know, times seven days, you know, yeah. into this like half an hour or forty five minutes. And so, w the point of of uh, of our distillation is to give you fodder to you know to sort of work with and grist to make your own, you know, take it from there and just sort of build your own momentum, if you will. So we Indeed. hope you do that. We do. We do. And I hope it's now clear to you why we didn't talk about any specific conspiracy theory, because that would have really blown the whole intention of this episode. Right? Yeah. And that's so, not our job. No, it's not. Uh, so that leads us to what we're going to cover in our next episode, which is, I think, part of what contributes in a daily way to massive amounts of unnecessary confusion. And that is the, the, the um, insufficient clarity about the distinction between divine 
masculine and feminine versus animal masculine and feminine. Uh, we are both. We are, we are, you know, we're in bodies. So we are animals that way. And we are divine. And in our next episode, we're going to be sharing with you what we understand about how to dissolve the confusion between what's divine and what's animal so that we all can be better at stepping into the divine masculine and divine feminine in all of us, because we're not talking about uh, about biology here uh, or gender or any of that. We're talking about consciousness, masculine and feminine consciousness. So that's what we're going to be delving into in detail in our next episode. Yay. Yay. So until then, until next time, remember to dance with your better half, the one thing, so you can keep living more and more fully as homo spiritus. Mm -hmm.